Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 52. I am your host, Chris Morris. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome to the 2022-2023 NHL season. It's officially started. Last time we spoke, the season wasn't here yet. We're waiting. Now it is here. Teams played upwards of 10 games. It's been exciting hockey to start the year. October's my favorite month for sport in general, right? Like you got hockey that starts, football is in swing, uh, playoff baseball, if you care about that as well. Like there's just so much going on. It's such a great time of year, you know? And it like you cap it all off at the end of the month with like candy. Like there's nothing better than that, really. That's a like that's a W in terms of months. So I'm just excited about this. I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to be looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. There's Even though it's only like a small sample size of things that have happened so far at the start of the NHL season, there's been some good things that have happened. There have been some bad things. And there have been just some downright awful things that have also happened. So we're going to take a look at some of those, right? If you haven't already, if you're brand new here, A, welcome in. Thanks for being here. Glad you found this. If you want to continue to be here, make sure you go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell if you're listening to this on YouTube. If you are not, if you are listening it from the Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean side of things, make sure you go ahead and A, rate the podcast, say how much you love it, and then B, smash the follow button so you can, you know, or subscribe, whichever one you want. Uh, that way you get uh, episodes downloaded straight to your, uh, wherever you listen to, Mo- mobile device, your app. Doesn't matter. Make sure you go ahead and do that. Make sure you go ahead and follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Glad that we got that out of the way. Now we're going to start with the, let's start with the good. Let's get this rolling uh, on a good. To the shock of absolutely nobody, right? To, to nobody. Connor McDavid uh, is off to a really good start this season. I know. Shocking. You all fell off your chairs. We can't believe this. But like, it's kind of wild when you think about Connor McDavid because you're like, oh, can he get better? And then he's like, hold my beer. Yes, I can. Uh, Connor McDavid leads the NHL at this exact moment, Saturday. He leads the NHL in goals. He does. Uh, he has 15 points in eight games, which is tied with his buddy Leon Dreisaitl for second most in the NHL. Uh, he's also shooting 27% on the season. Like, he's got 29 shots, which you're like, okay, that's fine. But 27%, like, we know that Connor McDavid is an elite passer. I don't think people know that he can also, like, score a ton of goals. Like, he has, he has scored 40-plus goals, like, in three NHL seasons. But, like, he always finishes with, like, a bunch of assists too, right? Like that's the thing for Connor. He is an elite passer. He makes everybody around him that much better. And I think this could be like the year where maybe his assists drop a little bit. Like maybe he finishes with less than 70 in like a full 82 game season. Cause he's had less than those. I think he had one year, uh, 2017, 2018, where only had 67, uh, which again, still not that bad. Um, maybe we see him score like a lot more goals. I think he can probably score 50, even if he gets like 55 assists or something or 60, like that's still like a hundred and some odd points, which is absolutely 
torrid. I think that his shooting percentage is going to come down a little bit, right? Like 27 is elite. Like he's shooting 15 for his career. He's he's not a guy who shoots the puck a ton. Um, he has eclipsed 300 shots in a season that came last season. So that's he has the capability to do it. I just don't think that he's going to. He's definitely not on that pace uh, starting this season, but he's scoring goals, so keep doing it. You know what I mean? But it's it's wild to think of Connor McDavid and just like I don't like how like he's he's too good for the NHL. Like imagine being too good for the top zero point zero one percent. Like that's what the NHL is, right? The top zero point zero one percent of people who play hockey. Like he's too good. For that group. That's absolutely mind-boggling. Um, also mind-boggling, the Boston Bruins are the best team in the NHL. I did not have that on paper. I did not. Uh, the Boston Bruins are off to an 8-1 and one start. Uh, they are just scoring goals. They're keeping a ton of pucks out of their own net. They are good on the power play. Their penalty kill is really, really good. Um, I did not have this... Um, Lined up. I thought the Bruins were going to struggle out of the gate. A, Charlie McAvoy was out, right? He's still expected to miss some time. I thought that would probably hurt them. Um, you know, we, we know that Brad Marchand was also out of the lineup. He was dealing with his, I think it was hips. Uh, he seems to have had uh, the secret stuff. Uh, if you've watched the movie Space Jam, right? Michael's secret stuff. The Bugs Bunny gives the team. Uh, clearly, whatever was in that uh, helped him recover like a full month ahead of schedule. Uh, Marshawn came back and scored two goals and an assist, so he looks like he's perfectly fine. Um, David Posternock is just on an absolute tear right now. Like He's got 17 points in nine games, seven goals, 10 assists. Man is just firing away. Uh, he's already up to 50 shots on the season. Nobody else is like, like that's, that's elite when you think about it. Like he's on, like the on his team, like Jake DeBrusque is second. Uh, he's got like a 15 shot lead there, but like Timo Meyer is two shots behind him. Uh, and he's also played one extra game. So he leads David Posternak leads the NHL, uh, in shots. Timo Meyer is like, he's shooting 2% though. The puck's not going in the net, but you know, guys who shoot the puck at one point will score goals. And David Posternak is shooting and finding the back of the net and seeing upwards of 19 minutes a night. So, that Boston's also had some pretty elite goaltending, I would say, right? Linus Olmark has been uh, fantastic. Jeremy Swayman struggled a little bit, so he's only played three games, right? You're, you're like, okay, that's that's unfortunate. But, I mean, Linus Olmark is sporting a 1.7 goals against average, a 945 save percentage. Man's on a mission right now. And just the Boston Bruins in general are on a mission. Good for them. You know, I hate it. I don't like it, but you got to recognize greatness, and that's what they are right now. They look like the team to beat in the Atlantic Division. There's there's nobody else that's really, like, close to them. You know, they have a seven-point lead uh, on the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, they're, 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 just, they're just next level. I, I, I don't know what you do with that. Um I also don't know what to do with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, and Carter Hart. Um, so, like, if you had the Philadelphia Flyers at any point uh, leading the Metropolitan Division, 
you may uh, go straight to the window and uh, collect your winnings. That's that's it. Now, granted, they're two points ahead of the uh, seventh place Rangers, right? Like that division is going to be tight again this year, obviously. Uh, shocked to absolutely nobody, right? But watching what the Flyers, like they have played classic John Tortorella hockey. You know, like I don't think anybody can say that they haven't. This is a team that a lot of people thought were going to be garbage. And granted, they probably should be, right? They, they, they probably should, but they're not because Carter Hart is just like, the kid's got a 2.0 goals against average. He's got a 947 save percentage and five wins in five games. Like the 947 save percentage, just to put it into context, like he's stopped 178 of 188 shots. He's faced 188 shots, by the way, in five games. Like let that sink in for a moment, okay? Carter Hart is just stopping every. A 947 save percentage is not even elite anymore. It's It's way beyond that. It is way beyond what it is. And, you know, the Flyers are getting contributions from a lot of players in the lineup. You know, Kevin Hayes looks really good. He's got 10 points in seven games. Travis Konechny leads the team with four goals in seven games. You know, Tony D'Angelo's doing what he's got to do. But this whole team, this team in itself is just buying into the John Tortorella system, which is we block shots. We do whatever we can to block shots. They give up the fifth most shots per game, by the way, the Philadelphia Flyers at 35.6, right? Like Anaheim, Arizona, Buffalo, those are the top three. Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, is in there. They shoot the puck a ton, but apparently they also give up a ton of scoring chances and shots. And then you have the Philadelphia Flyers, right? So they give up a ton, and they also don't shoot the puck very much. They are 29th in shots per game. So they're really, really bad at generating shots. They are also really, really bad at preventing shots. So, like, I don't think the Flyers are going to be as good as what they are right now. But John Tortorella has his team buying into the concept of we need to play defense first. We need to block shots. And we need to just kind of rope and dope a little bit here. Obviously, they've counted on Carter Hart to lead the way here, like, like there's no question about that, and at some point he's gonna balance out. Like it, it's just the law of average, right? Like he's gonna he's he's gonna come back down to earth, and the Flyers are gonna struggle, and you know it, it is what it is there. But to start the year, like I said, I don't, I didn't think Carter Hart would be that good. I didn't think the Flyers were even gonna compete. Like we had this team as a lottery team. Like we were thinking about them for Connor Bedard, which they could still finish there. By the way, Flyers Nation, like don't you know don't pound your chest right now they could still be garbage but looking at how they've started the year and just what they've been able to accomplish it's pretty uh it's pretty good it's pretty good if you're a flyers fan today you're you know you're content with what's gone on to start the year and which is good because i don't know how many people were thrilled to see john tortorella back behind a bench right like we know what kind of guy Torts is, but he seems to have got the message across to the guys that he has in that room, and it's it's working. So they're like, okay, let's keep doing it then. So good for John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers for having success for at least seven games. Right? We'll see if another seven they have the same success. Uh, if we stick with success here, 
I feel like not enough people are talking about how good Cole Caulfield is. Like, we know he's good, right? Like, if you live in Montreal, you know this. But, like, this kid is just, this kid's on a whole other level. Like, it took him, what, like, 20-plus some-odd games to, like, score a goal or something? Like, he had one goal in, like, 30 games. He's got five to start the, like, to start the year. He's got five goals in eight games, which is pretty good. He is tied for the team league in points with his boy, Nick Suzuki. Uh... You know, Cole shooting 17%, which I think is like it's it's high, but for him, that's probably where he's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like he can he can definitely shoot that. You know, he shot 12 last season, and let's not forget he struggled uh because Dominic Ducharme was there for whatever reason. But you know, he's up to five goals in eight games. He is a legit shot at scoring 50. Like Montreal doesn't have a ton of guys who can shoot the puck. And he is clearly his shot is like elite in the NHL. When you talk about guys who can fire the puck, like Cole Caulfield can do it. And I mean, you saw it on opening night. He terrorized Matt Murray <laughs> and it, it didn't really sh- like it didn't shock me to see him be that good. Right. He's his size will always be, I guess, an issue for some people, but he is just going out there and doing what he needs to do. And at some point, Montreal's power play is going to figure it out because they're like one for a million to start the year. But that's just, you know, it is what it is there. But I like what's what's going on for him. I like what he's doing. I like how he's going out there and firing the puck and he looks dangerous and, you know, he could easily score 50. I'm not saying the Montreal Canadiens will be any good, but he can definitely make it worth it, right? So, good for Cole Caulfield. Finally having some confidence with a coach who actually wants to let him play hockey, you know? Let creative players be creative, okay? Uh, That's all we have for the good. I could have gone on with the good for like 12 million years. There's so many good things happening in the NHL. Like, we didn't even talk about like Vegas and all the things that are going on with that team as well and whatnot. There's just so many good. We have to get to the bad as well because we just we have to. Uh let's start with the let's start with the LA Kings. We're gonna start with the LA Kings. We're gonna like ease our way into this. Um the LA Kings are pretty bad. I think that would be a fair assessment. Uh I expected them to be bad, right? When I tweeted that I thought they would be bad, it was good. The Kings are gonna be good. No, what do you mean? They're good. They're good. They made the playoffs. No, they're not good. The LA Kings are not very, like, they're not a good team. Uh, and they're just further proving that. Uh, a lot of it has been because, A, the LA Kings have given up uh, 39 goals, okay, in nine games. A lot of teams in the Pacific have already played nine games, uh, eight or nine, with the exception of Calgary. But... Like, no, I'm I'm just going to put this into context. I know they played nine games. It doesn't matter. Uh, no team has given up more goals this season than the LA Kings. 39 is the highest, right? That's even more than Arizona and Anaheim. They give up the third most goals per game behind Arizona and Anaheim. So that's not company that you want to be in, right? Like, Arizona is a terrible team. Boy, are the Anaheim Ducks miserable. But... Like, they can score goals, right? The Kings can score goals. They're, they're a fun hockey team, which is not what a coach wants to hear, right? Like, they're fun, you know? They can go out, score goals, and they give up a whole bunch. Exciting hockey, but they're not winning games. 
at the end of the day. The good news is Pacific Division, still, I think to me, one of the easiest divisions to be in. Um, so they clearly have a shot here to still make the playoffs. Uh, the Central Division, I don't know what we're going to get out of it yet, but L- LA has been bad and it's to their own detriment. And most of it stems from their goaltending. Their goaltending has been absolutely miserable. And like, I'm not shocked that Jonathan Quick is sporting a 381 goals against average and an 878 save percentage because, like, I think last season was just different where he was good, but he had struggled before that. Like, we knew that he was starting to fall apart. He's gone through some injuries and stuff, his hip, his knee, blah, blah, blah. But Cal Pedersen, right? Like, he's played three games. He's got a 497 goals against average and 842 save percentage. Holy. Like, combined, they're bad. They're bad. They're getting no goaltending. And you cannot win in the NHL if you do not have good goaltending. And LA has none. Absolutely none. You could probably put a cone in the net and get more saves at this point. And it's weird because the Kings are usually a pretty good team. Like, when it comes to structure, you think of guys like Anze Kopitar, Philip Deneau that's there. They brought in Kevin Fiala to add some scoring, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of things that I thought the Kings did well. You know, Drew Doughty's healthy and stuff, but this team just can't keep the puck out of their net, and they can't, this can't seem to be good. This can't seem to be good. Like, it's problematic as well. Like, Jonathan Quick has faced already 205 shots on the season, right? But he's given up 25 goals. Like, that's... That's not good, you know? Like, that's that's not okay. Well, we have to fix that, you know? So, not good. Uh, not good, LA. Also not good, if we're going to go there, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I guess, like, the bar for Tampa Bay has just been so high that, like, even a little bit of mediocrity, and you're like, hmm, you know? It's like if Connor McDavid, you know, he went, like, two games at a point. People are like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, when you expect greatness, like a team that's gone to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row, you're like, what do you mean you're mediocre? You know, how is that acceptable? In their defense, they've played six out of their first eight games on the road. Their goaltending hasn't been too bad, right? Not terrible. Um, But... They have given up more goals than the Montreal Canadiens had, which is right. So that's like the bar. Montreal and Tampa Bay at this exact moment, uh, they have the same record. They're four and four. Uh, and Tampa Bay has given up two more goals in Montreal. So 25 and eight games. Montreal's given up 23 and eight, and eight. Okay. So, like, are the Montreal Canadiens as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning or are the Tampa Bay Lightning as bad as the Montreal Canadiens, right? Like, it's obviously the latter, right? Like, that's the bar here. Tampa Bay is in this, like, like the, the division is like between last place Montreal and first place Florida team, uh, there's one point, right? Like Boston's gonna run away with the Atlantic, barring some collapse here. But there's nothing else happening there. So Tampa Bay can easily figure this out. They've been there, they've won, they've done that. I'm not technically worried about them. I just think they're off to a bad start. And I think that's fair. And it's kind of kind of wild because Steven Stamkos is like seven goals. He's just firing everything. Kid Kucherov's been good. I, I guess they just haven't gotten they just haven't gotten it right yet. 
not yet. It's bad. It's not miserable, right? Like it's nothing. I I don't want anybody to be like, oh, yeah. There's a lot worse going on in, in the NHL. There are other teams that could have been a whole lot worse here, right? Like we talked about Pittsburgh, right? They've given up, like they shoot the puck at time, but they've given up as well a ton of shots. But you know they're four, three, and one on the season. It's not much. I just think for Tampa Bay being in the spot that they are after eight games, it's a little disappointing. I expect more from back-to-back Stanley Cup champions and three years in a row Stanley Cup finals. I just, I'm sorry. I expect greatness from great, you know? It's like if you go to a fine dining steakhouse, you know, you're paying $250 for the steak, you expect absolute greatness, you know? That's it. If I go to McDonald's and I get a burger and it's bad, well, you know, what I expect. They're just underperforming. That's, that's what I'm getting at here. Um, also with the bad here, the obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I put them in that category. Uh, they're 4-3-1 and one on this season. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's, that's fine. And you're like, all right, well, you know, cool. But here's the thing with Toronto. Toronto had the second shortest odds to win the Stanley Cup. Okay? So it was Colorado, Toronto. And if you remember the first episode podcast of the year, I was like, Okay, right? Like that's like you haven't made it past the first round in like 13 years. Can we pump the brakes here on this? And I didn't think they were a very good team. I actually, right? I talked about, you know, some betting. I would bet against them to make the playoffs. And, you know, the, the usual Leafs Nation comes out. And I'm just, I'm a Habs fan. I hate the Leafs. I'm like, all right, look, it's fine. But Toronto's demonstrated a couple of things. A, in, there are three losses, right? And those two of them have come. Uh, to the Montreal Canadiens and the Arizona Coyotes. So that's that's problem number one. Uh, problem number two is team's not scoring. Just not at all. They're not giving up a ton of goals, which is surprising, but also not because Matt Murray's not in goal. So like Matt Murray getting hurt game one may have been a blessing in disguise for this team. Like they may have saved themselves, you know? So good on Matt Murray for being able to do that for his team because Ilya Samsonov has been pretty good. If you read my cheat sheet over at the fantasyalarm.com, which I know you did, you would have known that I was higher on Ilya Samsonov than I was on Matt Murray. I didn't expect a ton from him, but I knew Samsonov would be better than Matt Murray. Short, small sample size. I get it. Samsonov's look good. Matt Murray played one game. That's, you know, it is what it is. But the Leafs have only scored 22 goals, okay, which is not good. Okay, that's two more than the Montreal Canadiens have scored in the same amount of games. Not good, Bob. Not good. Um, here's the problem. When you pay your best players to be your best players, when they struggle, it shows. The Leafs have a ton of holes, right? Like in their offense, their, their defense is miserable. Their goaltending is fine. So I had said this. I don't know if I said it on a podcast or if I said it just to somebody on Twitter. But like the difference between the Colorado Avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs is good defense. That's it. That's the difference between winning a Stanley Cup and missing, you know, being eliminated in the first round for 13 years. The defense. To me, Colorado's defense, best of best defensive core in the league. Hands down. Not even close. Toronto, one of the worst. Like Toronto's top six defensemen is just it's not good. They're not very good. They don't do a very good job. That's not a defense that wins you a Stanley Cup, right? Like, I'm not looking at guys like TJ Brody, Justin Hall, 
Mark Giordano and Victor Mete going, yeah, yeah, I can see these guys winning a Stanley Cup. No. And again, like when you pay Austin Matthews 11 mil and you got Mitch Marner at just shy of it at like 10, right? Like a ton of money is tied up between these guys, okay? And for the most part, I would say with the exception of like William Nylander and I'll throw John Tavares in there. I'll toss him a bone. He hasn't been bad. He leads the team in points. He's got nine points in eight games. Like, I would hope so because you're getting paid 11 mil, but it's also John Tavares. You know, he's on the other side of 30. It is what it is. I'm not expecting greatness out of him. I just expect him to be where he is. But look, Austin Matthews has two goals in eight games. He has 40 shots on goal. He's shooting 5%. 5% is not going to cut it. Now, is he firing the puck a ton on goal? Yes. Is he playing a lot of hockey? Yes. He's doing all the good things. But the puck is not going into the net. And that is what you pay your best players to do. Put the puck in the net, right? Mitch Marner has seven points in eight games. Like, I'll let him slide because I'm not expecting, you know, Mitch Marner to come out and really, you know, do much. Like, he's more of the setup guy for Matthews, right? So his seven points in eight games is fine. You know, I will say this, though. Like, he's got 14 shots in eight games. Like, that's not going to cut it. Right? Like, you, you can't be taking less than two shots per game, Mitchie. Not at 10.9 mil. That's not, that's not enough. I know, what I know what his role is, what he's supposed to do, but it's not working. Right? Like, Austin Matthews has one power play goal. Right? Mitch Marner has one power play point. Like, that's just, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And, Toronto's got like they to me this is probably a year for them where it's like make it or break it because they have one two three four five six seven pending UFAs just forwards by the way seven pending UFAs up front seven and obviously Toronto has no money so it's not like they're gonna go out and get somebody right like they have space right now but that's because they got a whole bunch of guys on LTIR right Muzzin is there Matt Murray is there Timothy Lindgren, Jordy Ben, like they got 12 mil, right, on LTIR. So it's not like they're going to find money down the line. As a matter of fact, they may not be able to get certain players in the lineup because they don't have enough space. So like this team's not going to get better. They're not going to head to the trade deadline and find something else. They're off to a mediocre start. Their defense looks terrible. Their best players are not scoring goals. Right now, they're afloat and barely. This is a bad team, but they're getting exposed defensively and if their forwards can't find the back of the net regularly this team is in trouble right absolutely because they don't have the support to get it done right you know mitch marner i'm uh, sorry michael bunting and austin matthews shouldn't have the same amount of goals right david camp shouldn't have three goals uh and austin matthews have two you know what i mean like it's it's just it doesn't work like that there's there's lots of lots of hockey left i get things can change but and after eight games, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in the bad column. They didn't do a good job. They got to get better. All right? That's the bad. Uh, heading to the ugly, just the absolute ugliest of ugliest. Uh, let's start with the Arizona Coyotes because I feel like that's an easy one. Um, not the Coyotes as a team per se because, you know, the team is fine. Right? Like we expected them to be bad. So nobody is sitting here going, wait a minute. Arizona is a really bad hockey team. What? 
Uh, I'm talking about the Arizona Coyotes at their rink. Uh, if you were on Twitter, you obviously saw what their like team, like the vis- home and visiting team dressing rooms look like. Like I know they're still under construction, but holy, like that's amateur hockey, um, right? They they played their home opener on Friday, and you, we got to see the arena in you know full force and what it looks like and whatnot. And it's a very nice rink. It's brand new. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? Here's the problem. It's a college hockey rink, okay? It is what it is. Like, I don't care how great it is. I know that it's smaller, right? Blake Wheeler said it, right? It doesn't feel like 5,000 people are in there. You know, it doesn't feel like a 15,000 people are in there. It's small, but it can get loud. Sure, whatever. But this is like, man, you, you can't have a college rink for the NHL. It just doesn't work. This is a Mickey Mouse hockey team. It is. It's a Mickey Mouse hockey team. And Gary Bettman just doesn't want to admit that he was wrong about it. Right? Because I saw a tweet from Pierre Lebron saying that like, he believes that Vegas, uh, sorry, not Vegas, Arizona should be, you know, a hockey team. Like, they should have a hockey team. And that they're a hockey market. And they're, let's be honest, they're not. Arizona is not a hockey market. And... He did bring up a couple of good points. They've had, you know, they've had shaky ownership. And I look fine. Okay. But the Arizona Coyotes have been in the NHL since 1996. Okay. When Winnipeg came over. Like, this isn't like they showed up yesterday. They've had shaky ownership for almost their entire existence. They literally couldn't find a home. You know, Glendale literally kicked them out. Be like, bro, you're not here. The story about them not paying their taxes. It's like, man, this is like, there's nothing good. Their product sucks. There's, I don't know why we continue to go down this Arizona needs a hockey team. It doesn't. They don't even have an NHL rink. It's a college rink, man. You want to have college hockey in Arizona? Sure. But this is there should not be an NHL team in Arizona, especially not after the success that we've seen of the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. Remember them. Right. Coming in. And then like Seattle. Seattle's got a like brand new arena and stuff like that. I know that it's part of what they need to get into the league and blah, 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 blah. And stable ownership. And I don't like I I don't want to hear the excuses anymore. Oh, we haven't had this. We haven't had that. Like this team was. You know, was owned by the NHL at one point. Now they got some billion-dollar owners. You know, are they going to put money into it and say, hey, why don't we build a state-of-the-art ring? You can build it in Temple if you want. You want to attract college kids, but I don't know. Maybe make it 15000 16 just so you could fit the people in. Like, because, sure, when you look at it on TV, you're like, damn, that place is full. Yeah, I, I hope so. Like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to, like... For hockey-related revenue purposes, right, which is what's important to the NHL, right, HRR, right, you need to make money so that owners make money and players make more money and escrow goes down. So the economics of it are just how are you going to survive in a market with an arena that hosts less than 5,000 people? It just doesn't make sense. It's ugly. Like, the arena is fine. It's nice. I get it. Cool. If I was paying $10 to go watch college hockey, it would be great. But not for an NHL team. It's unacceptable. 
that everybody's looking at it going, oh yeah, it was fun, it was a party, cool. But it's not an NHL rink. This is a Mickey Mouse team. Move it. Get it out of there. You tried. You kept trying. It didn't work. They're signed in there for three years. Once that lease is done, just take that team and bring it. Like, just move it, man. Gary, let's... You can't keep asking other teams to pick up the tab for you losing money, right? Like, we, we can't do it. Can't do it. Absolutely terrible. Speaking of absolutely terrible, oh my God, the San Jose Sharks. Oh. Um, I, I knew the San Jose Sharks would be bad. I didn't expect them to be absolute, just pure chaos. Uh, th- they are bad. They are a bad hockey team. They 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 went overseas, uh, played Nashville. They didn't look very good. Um, this is a t- here's why I think that I put them in the ugly. I could have put Anaheim there. Like Anaheim's one six and one. Uh, they've only scored sixteen goals on the season. Like they're absolutely miserable. But like I expected Anaheim to be bad. Everybody goes, oh Anaheim's good. They're gonna they have good they're good players. They're they're young. And I'm like, stop it. Just stop. Um. Uh, San Jose is just a mess. And to the, the reason why they're a mess is that one, they like they have they they have no money. Like San Jose has no money. So I don't know. Like, even if they wanted to sell, they gotta like I don't know. Like move deals that are non-movable, right? Like you can't trade players away. And give up picks if you're trying to rebuild. Like, Mike Greer's got a lot of work to do here. A lot. A, like, they still have Logan Couture signed for four more years after this season at $8 million. Right? Thomas Hurdle got his new deal. It's fine. He's earned it. Uh, Timo Meyer, uh, right, he is an RFA next season. Uh, he's probably going to be due at least six Mill, if not, maybe a little bit more, depending on what he does this year, if he can turn it around. But, like, this team doesn't have any assets that they can move. Like, these players, like, nobody's taking Logan Couture, right? Maybe somebody will take Timo Meyer off their hands, but, you know, how much are you going to get for him? You know what I mean? Um, It's really on defense where it just becomes an absolute gong show, uh, right? 32% of their cap is tied up in defensemen. Uh, Eric Carlson is still owed... Eleven and a half million dollars for four more years after this year. That just that trade that side just looks miserable. Um, he's not the player he once was. Mark Edward Vlasic, remember him? He's still owed seven million after this season. Just like it hurts thinking about those two. There's like the rest of their defensive quality. Like, it's not great, so we don't even have to worry about it. Uh, maybe Mario Ferraro is like the only one, and even his contract's not that bad, and he's there to just block shots and whatnot. But like, holy crap, man! I I mean, their their goaltending is what it is. Like James Reimer is not really good, but that I think that's less about him and more about the team not being good. He's just like a a stopper for Capo Kakinen until maybe he like gets good. But this team has no money. They don't have any real assets. Uh, they still have the retained salary on Brent Burns' deal for two more years after this year. Um, they're still on the books for Martin Jones' buyout, almost $3 million next year, and then $1.6 for the next three after that. Uh, it's just not great. 
it's and, and like I said, it's actually quite ugly. They don't you don't really look at this team and go, oh, they have a lot going for them. They they don't. They don't. I look at this team and I don't think that they are headed in a great direction. I mean, sue me, right? <laughs> it is what it is. This is a that they're they're bad when they play. They look bad. They don't generate any offense. They don't generate nothing. I I mean, they are like they're ugly. This is a really really bad hockey team. I don't know how they fix this problem. Uh, but good luck to the four San Jose Sharks fans. Uh, it's going to be a long time before you're good again. Uh, speaking of good, holy, uh, the Vancouver Canucks are not. They are not. It's kind of wild. Everything's coming out of the Pacific Division, where I heard that it's a really good division at the beginning of the year, in which I repeatedly said it's not. Uh, Vancouver lost seven games in a row. They've won two in a row now, so everybody can kind of relax for a minute. But um, when they were 0-5-2, like this, like, Vancouver blew two goal leads and lost in four straight games. Like that's just like not being able to win because you're a bad hockey team, right? Like is one thing, but having a multi-goal lead and losing the game, like that's soul crushing, right? And Vancouver has been soul crushing, right? It's, It's been a lot of talk about how bad they've been. Right. You've seen a lot of talk about just, you know, JT Miller and how like he has started the season. He started season off poorly. He's he's a team minus four. That doesn't matter. But like he was frustrated and he was clearly in one of his media things because fans were throwing their jerseys on the ice. He's like, you know, fans can come to the game and throw whatever they want on the ice, which is true. They can. Uh, But that's kind of not, you know. Kind of don't want to throw shade at your fans, but sure, look, you you pay good money for your ticket. You want to throw a jersey on the ice? Go ahead. They deserve it. They didn't. They don't play well, so fans are going to let you know, and it's just it's going to exist. But man, the Canucks have just looked miserable to start, and I again, they're a better team than what they are now. Like I, I don't think they're a bottom of the barrel type of team. I don't think they're very good, but I don't think they're at the bottom. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of good things so far. Like Bo, Bo Horvat's got six goals on the season. JT Miller has scored five despite all his, you know, struggles. He's shooting 27%. So when he does shoot the puck, it goes in. Elias Pettersson has nine points in nine games. Like there's a lot of good happening here. Uh, obviously, Quinn Hughes being hurt kind of like that really sets your team back a little bit. He was averaging 27 minutes a night. So that's kind of not great. Uh, hopefully he can return to the lineup soon. Brock Besser is out of the lineup as well. And their defense is just like it's there, but it's like I'm not relying on Tyler Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson and Luke Shen to get things done. Like those are guys who, you know, they play within their realms. They play within their system. You know what you're going to get out of them, you know, but you can't push them too far or else just completely falls apart for them. So, I mean... I don't know, like to to expect this team to turn it around and be a playoff team. Like, there's there's lots of time in Canucks Nation. Don't worry about that. But, whew, you know, Thatcher Demko hasn't looked really good. Again, I think that's more of his team, right? Like a four oh four point oh five goals against average and an eight seventy four save percentage is not great. But I also think a lot of that has to do with his team. So, like for now, I feel like they can still 
change the tide here and be a team that at least competes. One, because it's the Pacific Division, which we all know now is the worst division in hockey. I don't want to hear anymore why you think the LA Kings are good, why the Anaheim Ducks are young and they can. I still think Seattle has an outside chance to make the playoffs, but you know they look pretty, pretty ish, especially with Grubauer out and unfortunately Martin Jones still being a thing in 2022. So there's just there's not like that division is bad. So Vancouver has an opportunity here, but they need to like go on a roll here, and I don't I don't know if they can. I don't know if they have the pieces to get it done. They've been ugly to start the year. It's, it's not been good, but. Maybe they maybe they turn it around. Maybe. Maybe. I just it's it's ugly. You you can't get around that. You can't get around just losing and the way you lose. That's the worst part. It's how you lose. It's soul crushing. Right? Imagine going into that locker room, blowing a two-goal lead. Then you got to deal with the media who's like all up in your grill because we need to talk about how bad you are. The Boost Brujo kind of just saying, Yeah, we're bad, we're fragile, you know. Like it's one, it's one thing to, like I said, if you're the Arizona Coyotes, you go into a game and you expect to lose. Okay, fine. You're a bad hockey team. and You're going to lose games. That's it's on par for the course. But when you're Vancouver with some expectations, you go into games, you take the lead by more than one goal and then you lose and you do that consecutively four times start the year. Man, that's a tough recovery. You know what I mean? Real, real tough. And uh, yeah, so that is the good, bad, and ugly of the NHL so far through about the first 10 games of the season. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate you guys being here. If you haven't already, like I said, if you're on YouTube, go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell. You can find the podcast directly. YouTube's got this new thing where they're now giving you like a handle like they do for Twitter. So if you go on YouTube, at Slapshot Pod, right? So youtube.com slash at Slapshot Pod, not podcast, pod, P-O-D. Somebody already had the cast part. At Slapshot Pod, you'll be able to find it. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell. Like I said, on Twitter, if you go onto the Twitter, at Slapshot Podcast, my Twitter handle, at FuzzyChris91. Make sure you go ahead, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeans. Go ahead. Hit the button. Leave a five-star review while you're there as well because it's that time of year. Uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. We will talk to each other again soon. (laughs)